Child, is this too late to rest on Mary's lap asleep? Angels scream with anthems sweet while shepherds watch our keeping. Shepherds, God, and angels sing. Haste is to bring him on the babe, the son of Mary. Bring him this as bold and Father, we thank you so much for that babe. We thank you, God, that we come here to celebrate. But my prayer, Lord, is that we not just celebrate this time of year, but year-round, Lord, for sending the greatest gift to all of mankind that has ever existed, Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we lift you up. We give you glory. We do celebrate your birth this time of year. But, Father, we thank you for the cross, that your purpose was to come to earth for all of us so that we could experience the best life possible, the freedom that comes from forgiveness and what you did for us on the cross. And so, Lord, we've come together corporately this morning to be of one accord, to lift our hearts in unity. It says, God, we love you. We praise you. We lift you up. And we're going to give you all of the glory for everything that happens here today. Father, be with Buddy as he shares the word with us. And I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be open and receptive to receive your word. We love you, God. Thank you for every person that's here, those online, those around this building, and for all of those people who are lifting your name up today, Father. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you. You can be seated. Thank you, Ron, for clapping after prayer. I love that. And we give God the glory, and every, every time we applause, oh my goodness, and there's our L.A. friends. <laughs> Greg and Kim grew up here in this church, and then they headed off into the wild view, blue yonder, and we've been watching Hallmark moody, movies, and Greg, we, no, we didn't see you, Greg, <laughs> but well, you should be in there. When the guy shows up, I'm saying, that's going to be Greg. <laughs> but we love having you guys here. We always know it's Christmas when you're sitting back there, right? Okay, this is a great time for you to, to check into Facebook. It tells people that tomorrow evening, even they can come here yet today, but tomorrow evening and the next evening we're going to be celebrating this time of year. And it's always a special time. But it just tells people that Salem Fields Community Church is a great place to be. If you're here, then it must be, right? So any social media platform you have, if you'd get the word out about that, that would be great. 
For a fir anybody that's here for the first time, thank you so much for coming and checking Salem Fields out. And I hope this won't be your last time, but we have a little gift for you. You may have already gotten that when you came in the door. There's a table there, and we'd love for you to uh, get that little gift just as an appreciation that says, make sure that you uh, know that you're very important to us and that we'd love for you to come back and learn to know you even better. There's a connection card in your program, and that's just a little tool that you can use to communicate with us. It's really important for us to know if you have any needs, uh, your information. We're not going to do anything weird with that. It's just that we love to stay connected with people that uh, are connected with Salem Fields and beyond. So if you would use that little tool to the best of its ability, and uh, in the next, at the next song, we're going to be taking our tithes and offering. I hope that you have discovered the joy of tithing. Tithing, what that means is that we put God first in everything that we do in life, especially our finances. And I can tell you from personal experience that God has taken care of every need that I've ever had because many, many years ago, I decided to commit my life to give of tithes. And that's just the first, just the top off of uh, everything that comes in into your home financially. And when you give with a generous heart, God always uh, gives you a blessing. Now, we don't do it for the blessing, but you can't help it. He can't help but bless you and take care of every need that you have. And so the offerings are above the tithe. If you've never discovered what tithing means, talk to me about it. I love to talk to you about it because uh, I've just seen God's hand work in our life in so many ways, and he's so good. So um, we'll, we'll be taking that. There's a variety of ways that you can give. The baskets will come by, and after the baskets come by, then you can stand and continue to worship. Uh, the, we've got kiosks, and uh, you can see that. Is it up there? Yes, a variety of ways that you can give. The main thing that we want to teach you and to tell you is just be a generous person. You know, just give. And uh, it's just, it's, it's so fulfilling to be uh, a person who uh, looks and sees needs of other people and even in our own home. So that's a good thing. Christmas Eve tomorrow, well, Christmas Eve Eve. I was talking to three little young men here and I said, we've got Christmas Eve Eve tomorrow night. He said, what's Christmas Eve Eve? And I said, well, we just made that up because it's the Eve before Christmas Eve. And uh, so you can see the schedule there. We've got a service tomorrow evening and then a couple of them on Tuesday evening. And uh, it's going to be a really nice time. It's always good to join together corporately like this because something happens when we're together like this that can't happen anywhere else. And I would say if I asked you, you would know that you've experienced some things when you've corporately worshipped that you don't experience anywhere else. So uh, it's going to be a good time. Tell your friends about that. It's not just for us to come and just be church people. It's for us to get the word out and to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. And uh, this is our opportunity like no other opportunity. And then next Sunday will be our celebration service. And this is an opportunity to have baptisms and uh, we'll share communion together, baby dedications. And if you know anyone that would like to be baptized or have a child dedicated, we would love to do that. And um, we'll share testimonies together. It's always an exciting time. And again, we're going to have it on Sunday morning. So uh, pay attention to the schedule that we have there. And uh, it's always an exciting time. We just love celebration services. So make sure that you're part of that. So everyone say, hey, bud, you come on up here now. Hey, good morning. Merry Christmas. Welcome. Glad you're here today. I'm going to talk to you about the Thanksgiving offering. Two more weeks. I'm going to talk to you about this week and next week because we're going to reach our goal and we'll be finished after this week or next. Uh, but we're very close. We're up to 50000 and oh, oh yeah, $51,060 and 59 cents. And we need just a little bit less than 9000 to finish. So someone this morning would stroke that check. You won't have to hear from me again about that. I uh, gave the 59 cents. I just wanted to be a generous person. <laughs> so anyway, we see all seriousness. It is really, the Thanksgiving offering is working around the world already. And we have a couple places that we have sent some money. We've sent it several places, but the two that we hear back on is Nigeria, where they had their, you saw last week, they were having their love feast. 
And uh, they filled up their home, their yard, their street with people, kids uh, that are poverty stricken. And they had a great love feast, fed them like a meal they get only once a year in that community as, uh, as um, James and Charity uh, feed those children and give them Christmas presents and celebrate Christmas. And because you gave in the Thanksgiving offering, we are able to see that happen. And uh, I'd love for all of you to be there one time when they're working with the children. Uh, you know, we support a school there. It has about 180 kids in it. And uh, these are just part of, but these are kids in their community that James and Charity minister to every week, uh, but especially Christmas. Then we have uh, Manu in India, and uh, they're doing their Christmas uh, service, feeding the, the uh, orphans and the, um, the poor kids in the slums, uh, and doing a Christmas program with them. And it costs them about $200 every time they go there to feed those children and, uh, and take care of them. And so the Thanksgiving offering has been able, they've been all over the place celebrating Christmas with people uh, because we gave in our Thanksgiving offering. So let's continue to give. Let's meet that goal. What do you say? Okay. So everybody give an extra something somewhere and we'll make it. I'll give extra something. You give extra something. Gay give a little extra something. We all give a little. Gay give the 41 cent to make that a dollar. Yeah. And uh, we'll make it. Okay. Thank you for your generosity. Oh, nice. <laughs> Jody gives something.
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for our Messiah, the greatest gift that mankind could ever have. I pray, Lord, that each one of us accept you as our personal Savior, the best decision we can ever make in our lives. Thank you, God, for loving us so much that you sent that precious baby, God, wrapped in skin to be our Savior. We celebrate you. We lift you up. May we receive your message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. series today. I'm glad that uh, you're here for that. You might be looking around and say where everybody's at. Well, last night we kicked off our Christmas season with our Christmas carols, uh, carols, cards, no carols, um, help me out here a little, oh, communion, candles, there we go, <laughs> thank you, Karen. We had a great service last night, so we kicked Christmas off last night, and it was, we had a full house, and we had a great time, and so we're glad that you're here today. And don't forget, if you're in town, don't just not come to Christmas Eve. Uh, we're going to fin finish our series uh, this week at cr our Christmas Eve Eve and Christmas Eve series. Uh, you know, the Christmas season is all about lights. Everything gets lit up at Christmas. I read this week that, um, that we put Christmas lights on our house uh, so that Santa Claus can find us. So if your house doesn't have lights on and you want Santa Claus to come, you go home today and put some lights up because that's how he finds your house and you decorate your tree because that's where he knows where to put the presents. No lights, no presents. Uh, but anyway, um, as you know, Christmas lights haven't always been around. Tradition tells us that Martin Luther, uh, back in 1510, decorated his Christmas tree uh, as far uh, as back then, but the idea took uh, several centuries to really catch fire. Now, at first, people glued small candles uh, to their Christmas trees with melted wax and attached them with pins. There you have one. Uh, that's my mother. Uh, <laughs> mother's mother's mother. No, I don't know. Anyway, I can tell you this. If you, put, if you put candles on this Christmas tree or that Christmas tree or any of our Christmas trees, these things are going to explode <laughs> and we're going to have a mess on our hands. But anyway... Um, it started out in the early 1900s, and people started using small lanterns and glass balls uh, to hold the candles. And then on December uh, 22nd in 1882, Edward H. Johnson, who was an associate of Thomas Edison, had the first string of electric lights created for his tree. And uh, there were red, uh, there were 80 red, white, blue, incandescent light bulbs about the size of a walnut held. Uh, held together by a wire. And there's a kind of a picture of some of the early, they, that's from the Smithsonian, and that's what they looked like. And um, so anyway, however the lights, those babies were expensive. And uh, it took a little over a decade for stores to uh, sell them, and nearly 50 years later for them to become popular uh, among the general population. But once they became accepted around 1930, for the past 89 years, electric Christmas lights are everywhere. Every kind of light that you can imagine. Not only do we have Christmas lights, but we have, um, we have the uh, Halloween lights. I noticed one of our neighbors decorated, I mean, over the top for Halloween. There's not a darn thing out there for Christmas. And I kind of want to stay away from that house for some reason. And, uh, but... You know, we have 4th of July lights, we have all the lights. But you know, today it'd be hard to, it'd be hard to think about Christmas uh, without Christmas lights. So it all started with Johnson's miracle on 36th 
street. But the first light of Christmas came long before uh, Edward Johnson uh, strung together the first set of Christmas lights. Lights showed up uh, at the first Christmas. The angels, they did an amazing light show, and you've read about it in the sky, and the shepherds saw it, and they were uh, astonished and amazed, and they took a little trip into Bethlehem, and they saw the baby. Then the wise men uh, followed the light, a star in the sky, uh, to where the Savior was born, and they brought him gifts, and they worshiped him. You know, we're drawn to light. Uh, you know, when, when we ride around at Christmas, we don't ride around to look at dark houses. We ride around and we get amazed and we enjoy light because we're drawn to light, uh, especially in dark rooms or dark times in our life. We're drawn uh, to lights. And Christmas is really strange in a lot of ways because the Christmas season, it lights up stuff in our lives that we don't normally uh, see lit up or we want lit up in our lives. It sheds light on what we have and what we don't have. We go to Christmas parties or Christmas gatherings and we compare ourselves to others and when we're not driving the same car, wearing the same type of clothes or doing all those kind of things, uh, we get upset. Are we Christmas dinner uh, with extended family and it lights up our painful past because Many people and their extended family have been hurt and abused and all that. And so at Christmas, it kind of lights up uh, our pain. Or maybe we're happy at Christmas because we have more than the next person. Or maybe we see what our friends are giving uh, to their children and, and we realize that we're not giving our kids as much. And that, and that kind of lights up that uh, part of materialism in our life. You know, and, and we love to think about Christmas. You know, we start thinking about Christmas long before um, Halloween. I mean, I, I refuse to do anything Christmas until after Thanksgiving. And, but we've started in America, I mean, we start thinking about Christmas uh, long before uh, Christmas uh, should be, in my mind, uh, before we should start thinking about it. But, um, you know, if we really think about it, uh, we sometimes realize that at Christmas time, everything's not right in our lives. You know, and, and Christmas has a way of exposing those things in our life. You know, Christmas is kind of mysterious because it exposes the reality about our existence and who we really are. Everything gets lit up and exaggerated during the Christmas season because Christmas lights up everything. We're continuing our series, as I said, Get Lit This Christmas, and uh, I had a friend send me this picture, not this picture, but this picture this week of that beautiful sweater, <laughs> and I'm really upset about that. Uh, Frank Allen sent me that picture, and uh, it's at the mall, and they've taken our Christmas series and making money off of it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, if you want one of those sweaters, I'd run down to the mall and get one of those things before they run out. Our key verse for this series is Ephesians 5.18. Well, the Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, but because it will ruin your life, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about getting lit uh, this Christmas by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Gay talked to us about uh, getting, uh, uh, we have a choice to either get lit by the way the world gets lit, uh, get lit by uh, a natural high, or to get lit by the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so I'm going to switch gears this morning and talk about some things that get lit up in our lives at Christmas. And when those things get lit up in our lives, it, it can cause us to miss the real light, the real meaning of Christmas, and we lose focus. My translation for today's message of, of Ephesians 5 would go like this. And this is why I'm not a Bible translator, but it says, don't get lit by discouragement, stress, loneliness, doubt, or depression, which will ruin your Christmas, but get lit by the light of the world. Now I want to give you five ways that you don't want to get lit by this Christmas. Things you don't want to light up your life. Things that will cause uh, you to miss the real joy and meaning of Christmas. And the first one is that we get lit up a lot of times in the Christmas season. We get lit up by discouragement. You know, at Christmas we begin, uh, we can get discouraged because, uh, we, you know, maybe we're hoping for one thing, but we're disappointed when we don't get it or we open that box that we thought was this and it's something else and we get discouraged because of our lack of money 
and, and were not able to buy the kids what they wanted. Or uh, The fact is, life is disappointing at times. But something about Christmas that kind of just exposes that in our life and it becomes exaggerated, that disappointment. Things don't always work out for us the way we plan. Presents you get at Christmas don't always fill that spot in our life. We think if we just get this one special gift that's going to fill that empty place in our life and it just doesn't meet our expectations. It doesn't fill that lonely that, or that place in our life, that empty uh, place in our lives. You see, having to spend Christmas with family members, as I said earlier, that hurt you in the past, it can be discouraging to even think about, just to begin to think about, I got to go home, I got to eat Christmas dinner with this person that's hurt me, and, and this person that, that, uh, that has bullied me or whatever, and we begin to get discouraged even thinking about Christmas dinner. And at Christmas, the days are shorter and the nights are longer. You know, just... That's what happens this time of year, and that can be discouraged. Have anybody ever heard a song, uh, The Days Are Shorter and the Nights Are Longer? I think it would be a great song for somebody to write. <laughs> you know, Gay said in the first service, she uh, said I should write it, and so maybe next Christmas I'll come back after we're not here, and I'll sing the special song, The Long Days of Christmas, or The Long Nights. <laughs> anyway, life is disappointing sometimes, but light has a way of lighting up our disappointments. Also, uh, Christmas has a way of shedding light on our stress. I mean, I can say, I can say probably with all um, certainty today that there are some people here today or that are worshiping with us online this morning that, that, are, that are lit up by stress. I mean, stress happens. And it happens at Christmas because we get overwhelmed at all we have to do and we, and we get stretched to the limit and, and we run out of time and, and, and we just think, I got all this to get done. I got cooking and baking and I got you know, gifts to buy, gifts to wrap. I got decorations to do. And before you know it, we're frustrated and then we are filled with stress. And stress can rob us of the real meaning of Christmas. You know, we got to get... We got too much to do and not enough time. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough energy. And Christmas just has a way of stressing us out. And my guess is, as I said earlier, there's somebody here today that is going to lose the true meaning of Christmas because we're just too stressed out to enjoy it. I mean, it'll be over. I mean, Thursday you'll wake up and say, where did it go? And all be left is garbage bags of wrapping. You may be stressed out financially. You know, Christmas has a time that people are stressed out financially and there's too much of the month left and left over at the end of the money. You see, Christmas shopping can leave us extended, stressed out physically and relationally. You know, and probably there's people here today that your marriage is just a mess or, or your relationships that you have and value are not working out right. You know, you have your relationship with your kids or your friends or your boss or your extended family. They're just not what they, you want them to be, and it, it leaves us stressed out. Christmas can leave us feeling stressed. Some of you today are lit up by loneliness. The light of Christmas lights up loneliness. Like no other time of the year, people are lonely, especially the elderly that are all alone. You see, in, in every commercial, on every TV special, and every Hallmark movie, Greg, it's so appropriate that you're here today, baby. I am so glad. I just can't wait. He's filmed four of those Hallmark movies. And I just can't wait to the day that he walks into the picture and Gay says, there's the man. <laughs> and then he looks across and there's the woman. I watched a great one the other night. It's called Christmas in Montana. I'm telling you, that thing was something. <laughs> and uh, I cried a little bit. <laughs> we drank some hot chocolate. Set by the gas fireplace, you know, watch the beautiful scenes. And Christmas, at Christmas, we feel like that's the way it's supposed to be. I mean, we're supposed to be all happy and snuggled in and it's a white Christmas and we're drinking hot cocoa with our friends and, and then on the end of the day, we're kissing that person because they didn't go home. <laughs> or we're excited because they're going home. <laughs> uh, you know, you got family that are coming that you can't wait to go home. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, won't go there. Uh, 
But you know, I mean, that's what, you know, that's what TV and the commercials and that's what all the advertising, it, it makes us feel like that we're supposed to fall in love or be loved and, 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 and that's the reason for the celebration. Yet there are many people that find yourself alone, alone and hurting. You know, and you're sad when the season, when we ought to be happy and joyful. You know, you're sad because maybe the kids have all moved out. You'll get used to that. Uh, there'll be no party invitations, uh, no one to sit with at dinner, no gifts to open, no one to talk to, and you'll remember the happier days. Someone you love has died, and this is your first Christmas without them. I know it's my first Christmas without my mom, and I certainly am not excited about going home at Christmas Eve. You know, maybe today you're saying, I'm surrounded by a lot of people, but boy, I sure am lonely. You know, have you ever heard the term snow globing? That's a new term that I just read about the other day. Snow globing is when just for the, just for the holiday season, you find a, a date. You find a person that you snuggle up with and drink hot chocolate with and you kiss on and do all that that you do. And it's just for the Christmas season. And the, and the main thing is you don't buy them a gift, though. You know, you just you want somebody to spend Christmas with. So you snow globe. I don't know where they came up with that name, but I just read it about it. Uh, the other day that snow globing is because people don't want to be lonely and they just want to be with somebody and they agree going in that I just want to be with somebody. I don't want to spend Christmas alone and then after Christmas, after the new year, after the parties and the gifts, well, I don't know about the gifts, they said something about not getting those, but anyway, Christmas can be lonely and Christmas will light up that loneliness. Some of you may be lit up by doubt this Christmas. I mean, you're doubting all this Christmas stuff. I mean, you're doubting it and, and because darkness and, and it will create doubt. And when we're doubting, have doubt, it'll cause us to lose our way. And, and, and when you look at your past choices and things that we've done in the past, we may be living in disappointment because of the past. It shows up. When you look at the present and all that life is and where it's brought you, you get stressed. And when you look at your future, you can begin to doubt. And once you begin to doubt, then you begin to worry. And when your future's up in the air, it can cause us to doubt, and it can cause us to doubt God's love. It's like a fog when, we're, when we have doubt. You see, we start doubting ourselves, and then we start doubting God, and, and we've got to know where we're going so that we don't doubt. You know, we doubt that God loves us. We doubt that God cares about us. We begin to doubt this whole story. I mean, it's so easy when we're in this fog and we begin to start doubting. Doubt is a tool of the enemy. And we can begin to tell ourselves that God doesn't care about me. That God just has left me and I got all this pain and all this in my life and, and you know, God doesn't really care about me. And then we'll lose the real meaning of Christmas. And then some of us are lit up with depression at Christmas. You see, that's when everything in life seems to be just caving in on us, kind of just pushing in on us. When we're depressed, we feel like, what's the use to go on? You feel like giving up. And to say that more people are, are depressed at Christmas than any other time of year. I would say there's probably somebody here today or online today that are depressed. Some of you faced a major crisis this year and or you, you're in one right now or there's a crisis headed your way and you can almost see it. You just can almost sense that this crisis is going to happen in your life, your marriage, your home, you know, in your job, with your finances. You know, may, maybe this year you've faced a divorce and you're at Christmas time and, you're, and you, you've, you've, you've gone through a divorce and it's left you just feeling just depressed. Or you, or you had a major uh, a, a death in your family or a major health problem. You Maybe you've lost a job or you have a child that's not coming home at Christmas this year and just kind of estranged, you know, and it's just, you know, maybe you've been abused physically and sexually, emotionally. And at, and at Christmas time, because of that, we're, we just, we're filled up with uh, the memories of that and the pain of all that. You know, some of you don't have the money to do for your children like you want to do for your children. And for some, for some of us here today, it feels like someone has taken the Mary out of your Christmas. You know, I mean, I, I've... Honestly, I've been through a little bit of that in the last week or so. You know, you just feel like that the Mary has been taken out of your Christmas and 
Maybe you feel like David when he said, lover, friend, acquaintance, all are gone. There is only darkness everywhere. Maybe that's how you feel this Christmas. When you're depressed, everything seems dark. Everything is magnified and, and uh, exaggerated. And when you're in that situation, you begin to wonder, you begin to wonder, does anybody care? Does anybody love me? Is there anybody out there that will just take my hand and help me through this dark time? God, are you really out there? If you don't get anything else this Christmas, get this. God cares. We may not know, we may not believe that, think that, feel that. When we think God is not doing something, God is doing something. God cares. Your pain matters to him. He cares about the pain that we, are go, that we go through in life. These times of discouragement, these times of stress, of doubt, of loneliness, of depression are dark times. And they're not fun places to be. And they get lit up at Christmas more than any other time of the year. And some of you right now are lit up with all their own things. You're lit up with discouragement, disappointment, doubt, stress. You're going through difficult circumstances. And I could say, that's life. That's life. We go through good times, we go through not so good times. You know, so where, where do you turn when the light of Christmas has lit up all the wrong things in your life? Well, you turn to God. And you get, up, you get lit by the light of the world, Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Jesus said to the people, I am the light of the world. Now listen to this. So if you follow me, not the world and not the ways of the world and not our feelings and not our negative thoughts, but if you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness. For living, right, for living light will flood your path. Jesus, when he talked about this, he was standing in the area of the temple where the offerings were put. Now, that's interesting to me. Gabe talked about the widow this morning that gave, uh, gave uh, all she had. The Bible, she gave a, a mite, and the, and the Bible says she gave all that she had to live on. You know, I was thinking about that when she said it because, you know, I think about weird stuff. I was thinking about that. It's interesting to me that Jesus saw what she gave, and when he talked about this passage of Scripture, he was standing by the offering, and so sometimes I think we think it doesn't matter what we give, that God doesn't notice, but I, that kind of made me feel like, wow, God sees what I give. He knows what I give or don't give, but that's not what I'm preaching on. He was standing in the area where they put the offerings, where candles burned to symbolize the pillar of fire that led the people of Israel through the desert. That's where he was at. You see, it was in this setting that Jesus called himself the light of the world. And the, and the pillar of fire in the temple represented God's presence. It represented God's protection, and it represented God's guidance. At Christmas, we're reminded that Jesus came. He came to uh, bring us his presence, Emmanuel, God with us. He, he came to uh, protect us. And he came to give us guidance when, the, when we're in a fog, when it's dark. You see, so when we are lit up with loneliness or depression or discouragement or, or stress or doubt, the question we need to ask ourselves, is he the light of my world? Is he the light of my world? If you're walking in darkness today and, and you've lit up with all the wrong things at Christmas, just ask yourself, am I lit up with the light of the world? So my question today is, do we really believe that Jesus is the light of the world or not? You know, I, I believe there are people here today that are believers. They've asked Jesus Christ to forgive them of sins. They've invited Christ into their life and, 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 and all that. But we don't live like Jesus is the light of the world. Not only the light of the world, but we don't live like Jesus is the light of our life. We don't live like the, that Jesus was not only born in a Savior, in a stable, but when we invite him into our life, he was born in our life, and that light lives in us so that we don't have to face dark times, that he comes to light up the dark times in our life. I have to remind myself of that. Do you believe that Jesus is the light of your world or not? I believe he is. Do you believe he is? 
That's what Christmas is all about. Because, because of Christmas, we don't have to stay lit by discouragement. We don't have to stay lit up by loneliness or stress or doubt or depression. John 1, 4, 5 says, The Word gave, everything, gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. I'm saying to you, there is nothing in your life that can extinguish the light of God in your life unless you choose to extinguish that light yourself. There's nothing you're going through. There's nothing you've faced. There's nothing you've done in your past. There's nothing you did last night. There is nothing that you can do to extinguish the light of God in your life unless you walk away from the light. That's why God gave us free will. At Christmas, we're reminded that the darkness that we face, the evil that we face, can never, ever, never extinguish or overcome the light of this world, Jesus Christ. Not of this world, but of the world. You see, Jesus Christ is the creator of your life. He knit you together in your mother's womb. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And he came to this world to light up our lives. You see, in his light, we see ourselves as we really are. Do you know who we really are? We're sinners in need of a Savior. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus came because we needed a Savior. He didn't come because we needed another present under the tree. He didn't come so that we would drive a brand new car. He didn't come so that we, he came to be our Savior because we needed a Savior. When we follow Jesus, who is the true light, we don't have to walk in darkness and we don't have to live in sin. You see, he lights the path. His blood, his light, the blood of Jesus Christ forgives us of all of our sins and casts us, casts us in as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against us again. When I bring up my sins, God doesn't know what I'm talking about. Because the Bible says he has cast our sins, as if we've asked for forgiveness, he has cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against us again. He's cast our sins into the sea of forgetfulness, never, ever to be remembered against us again. And we don't have to live in a dark world. We don't have to live in the darkness of sin. We can be forgiven because he is the true light. He lights the path ahead of us. Ephesians 5.13 says, It's possible for light to turn the thing it shines upon into light also. So when I get lit up with the light of Jesus, God shines in my life. It lights me up. And it takes me out of that dark place of discouragement, stress, loneliness, or whatever. And the light of God fills my life and starts shining. And I start shining for him. The light produces in people all that is good and right and true. When we allow Christ to light up our life with his spirit, it brings out the best in us. Will you get lit with Jesus this Christmas? Or will you turn to something else to get lit? If you have the light of Jesus in our hearts, if you have the light of Jesus in your heart, will you let him light up any dark place that's in your life today? See, will you let his light shine in this world so that others can see the way out of darkness? I, you know, I don't, I didn't say this this morning, but it just, my, I had a guy, he's in his 90s now, I work for him. He lit up my life. He lit up my world with the light of Jesus. He lived Jesus before me. And I can remember the day I said, whatever Nolan Suter has in his life, I want for my life. I want for my life. See, it wasn't, wasn't a sermon. Good lands, we've heard enough sermons to last us for two lives. It wasn't a sermon that lit me up, that showed me the light. It was a guy that I knew, that I worked with, that was my boss. And he showed me the light of Jesus. He showed me the way to God. Because his light shined. And he didn't have an easy life. And when our light is shining and we receive the light and it lights up the darkness in our lives, we want, other people to sh we want other people to see the light of Jesus in us, hopefully. You see, if you have the light of Jesus in your heart, there are people that need for us to light up the darkness in their life. Will you let just light his light shine so others can see the way out of darkness this Christmas? Invite somebody to Christmas Eve. That's a pretty simple thing to do. It's not always easy, but it's a simple kind of thing to do that you can do. 
You can invite someone, well, I don't want to go to church. Well, you can invite them to join us and worship online. You see, I believe that God can do for you and I and for others what maybe years of trying harder or counseling or drugs or alcohol or eating or shopping or working or success cannot do in our lives. God can do it like that. He is the light. Not anything else or anybody else. See, the good news is because, is because of Christmas, there is now a light in the world that drives out darkness, depression, whatever we may be dealing with. John, 1 John says it best. The darkness in our lives disappears and the new light of Christ shines in. You see, that it's one thing to know there's a light in the world. It's another thing to allow his light to shine in. The point is, you can choose to be lit up by disappointment or stress or loneliness or doubt or depression or anything else, or you can choose this Christmas to get lit up by the light of Jesus. You see, you can live in darkness, though, if you choose. If you want to get out of these dark times, these difficult times, then you got to choose every day, every day. You got to get up every day, no matter how you feel, no matter what you're thinking, no matter what's going on in your life, you got to get up every day and choose this day that I am going to live in the light of Jesus. How do you do that? Well, I believe you get up every day and you pray. I just believe every day you have a conversation with God. And you let him know that you're depressed, that you're discouraged. You tell God exactly how you're feeling. And you tell God, God, if I need your light today, I'm in a dark place in my life. And I need your light to shine in that dark place in my life. I think every day, I think every day it's helpful to get up and read the word of God. Just read the word of God every day. A chapter, two, three verses. You know how I read the Bible? I'll start reading the Bible and something will go, ooh, Either ooh good or ooh bad. And I think about it. Because the Bible says that the word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates our heart. We think it's not making a difference. And many times I read and think, well, what difference does this make? It makes a difference over time. And so every day, I'd get up and I'd pray. If you're in a dark place, I'd get up and pray every day. If God wakes you up in the middle of the night, and you start thinking about all the things in your life that's bad or not good or dark, then you pray. You just pray. Read, leave your Bible beside. You know, if, you, if you're in a dark time this Christmas, serve. Go somewhere and serve. Serve here for Christmas Eve. Serve at the homeless shelter. Serve other people. If you're in a dark place in your life, serve. Give your life away. You know, if you're in a dark place in your life, not only do you pray, not only do you read your Bible, not only do you serve, but be generous. I'm not saying that for the sake of our offering. I'm not saying that for the sake of Thanksgiving offering. I'm saying be generous to someone. Be generous with your time, your talent, and your resources. Be generous this Christmas. It'll, if you, I really believe if we'll do those things, we'll walk out of the darkness into light, the light of Jesus, because Jesus came to be that, do that very thing for us. He came to serve us. He came to be generous God sent his son. He was so generous. He gave his son so that you and I would not have to walk in darkness. So I encourage you this day, every day, if you're in a dark place, get up and choose to walk in the light. It's our choice. It's Christmas. And he knows all about you and he wants you to know all about him. God came in human form. The, the um, the message translation said God moved into our neighborhood with skin on. And he came in and, and with skin on and was born in a manger in a stable so that you and I can relate to Jesus Christ. He loves us. And he wants to have a relationship with us, not a religion. You know, many people have a religion. They say, well, I know about God. Well, that's religion. God is offering us a relationship through his son, Jesus Christ. A relationship means I can know God and he knows me. And I can talk to him and he talks to me. That I can build that relationship with him. I'm talking about a relationship with a person, Jesus Christ. I'm talking about a relationship with God, our creator. The same God who hung the stars and the moon in the sky and the sun. The God that blew breath into our lives. The God that created us is the same God that we can be in relationship with. We no longer 
have to walk in darkness. The good news of Christmas is that Jesus Christ lights up the dark and difficult places in our life. And we have a choice. We can stay in darkness, darkness of sin, or the darkness of disappointment, stress, doubt, depression, loneliness, or we can choose to walk in the light. We don't have to stumble when we're walking in the light. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this, this gathering today, Lord. We thank you for all that you have uh, opened our hearts and minds to today, Lord, because I believe the Holy Spirit is here. And I believe, Lord, this message was, was for someone today. Lord, I know that as I prepared, Lord, it helped me. So, Father, I pray for every person here today. I pray for those that are walking in darkness of sin and never sought forgiveness, never made room in their life for you as their Savior. God, I pray right now they'll open their heart to receive the light. Maybe that's you today. and Maybe you've known about God all your life, but you've really never known him. You've never really known that you can have a personal relationship with him. You've never asked God to forgive you of your sins, and because of sin, we walk in darkness. And the longer we walk in sin, the darker it's going to get. I know that. So I encourage you today to pray this simple prayer with me. If you've never, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins and be the light of your life, would you pray this? Father, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Just pray that in your heart. You pray it out loud if you like. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on a cross for me, for you, for me, for my sins. Then you just ask, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. And then you say, Lord, I invite you into my life to be my Savior, the light of my life. Then you thank him. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Savior. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me this morning, I want to invite you at the end of the service to go out to the table in the, in the lobby it says accepted Christ. And just stop there for a moment. <coughs> Maybe you're here today and you say, buddy, I, am, I, I, I believe in Jesus Christ. I have confessed my sins. He is my Savior. He is my light. But, man, I'm in a dark place right now. And I'm having a hard time seeing my way out. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, I'm going to try to do what you say. I'm going to try to read my Bible. I'm going to try to serve. I'm going to try to pray every day. But I need God's strength in my life right now because it's really dark or it's dark in my life. And you're suffering. And you just say, buddy, I'd like for you to pray for me right now. I'm not going to call you out by name, but I am going to pray for you in a moment. If you'd say that, buddy, pray for me. Anybody like that? Just slip up their hand and say, pray for me. Yes. Yes. The good thing is, guys, God sees your hand. He knows your heart. He knows what's going on. He cares about you. He has a number of hair on your head numbered. That's how much he cares and knows about you. And he loves you. Father, I pray right now for those who have received you today. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, say, you, you, maybe you just start to say right now, you know what, I prayed that prayer and I asked Jesus to forgive me and I invite him into my life to be my Savior. Would you pray for me? Anybody like that today and say, I prayed that prayer with you? Just slip your hand up. Yes, I see your hand. Anybody else? Yes, God bless you. Anyone else? I prayed that prayer. Father, thank you for those who prayed that prayer today. I pray that their spirit will, your spirit will witness with their spirit that God, you heard their prayer and that they are truly children of God. I pray, Father, for those that have raised their hand and are going through a dark time right now. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will light them up. That, God, that they will choose to follow the light of the world. I pray that you would wrap your loving arms of love, care, and comfort around each one, Father. May they sense your loving presence. May they know that they know, they just know that you love them. And, Lord, when they walk out of this place, God, that they'll sense the God that they 
follow is a God who cares about them and loves them. Lord, light their life up, I pray. God, give them strength to do what they need to do to keep the light burning. And maybe you're here today and you know what? You're not letting your light shine. You know, really, you, you kind of just do life and you really, no one knows. Your light's not really shining, but maybe this Christmas, you're going to let your light shine and you invite somebody to church, give some money in the Salvation Army cattle. I don't know what to say, but you're going to do something this Christmas to put your arms around someone that's lonely, to share an encouraging word. Give someone that's down and out a few bucks and talk to them about Jesus. Maybe this Christmas, you need to let your light shine. You say, buddy, will you pray for me? I need to do a better job of letting my light shine. Would you just slip up your hand and say, buddy, pray for me. Anybody like that? Yep. Yeah, me too. Father, thank you for those who've raised their hand. I pray, dear God, that you will remind us in our everyday walk around life that there are people that are walking in darkness. Help us to be a light. Father, thank you for all that's happened here this morning, this weekend, Lord. Thank you for last night. Thank you for today. And I pray, God, for a blessed Christmas Eve services here at Salem Fields, God. I pray that many will give their life to Christ and that the light of Jesus will shine in our dark world because of Salem Fields Community Church. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Let's stand and worship together.
Father, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for everything that has taken place here this morning. Lord, we give you all honor, all glory, and all praise. In Jesus' name, amen.